Jessica Watts. You're listening to the 6 o'clock news on WNUR 89.3 FM slash HD1 Evanston, Chicago. It's October 25th. Tonight on WNUR News, Halloween at Northwestern, Taylor Swift's Eras Tour and Movie, Getting a Head Start on Holiday Shopping, and NU Sports Report. But first, breaking news. Northwestern Students for Justice in Palestine organized a walkout from classes at 2 p.m. today. About 40 to 50 students surrounded the rock to call for a ceasefire in Gaza and for Northwestern to hear SJP's demands. According to the NU SJP Instagram, these demands include to quote, cut university support for Israel, to protect student safety, and to stop suppressing student statements, unquote. The walkout was planned at more than 100 campuses across the U.S. and was organized by a coalition of groups, including the Palestinian Youth Movement, the Anti-War Youth Organization dissenters, and the National Students for Justice in Palestine organization, among others. In addition to the protest, posters mimicking the Daily Northwestern's front page were placed across campus this morning. The posters with the header, the Northwestern Daily, referred to the number of Palestinian deaths with the headline saying, quote, Northwestern complicit in genocide of Palestinians, unquote. Around 3 p.m., the Daily Northwestern released a statement on their Instagram story denying any tie to the posters. The statement reads, we are aware of tampering with copies of the Daily's print edition and are investigating the matter. No student organization or person has claimed to produce these posters at this time. However, Northwestern SJP has shared photos of the posters on their Instagram story. The stories I mentioned earlier coming up tonight on WNUR News at 6. Thanks for tuning in. Halloween is being celebrated this weekend throughout the country. I have the scoop on what NU students are up to. As the weather gets colder, classes seem longer, and everyone always seems to have a midterm, you know one thing is on its way. Halloween. Every year on October 31st, people of all ages dress up as their favorite characters and eat as much candy as they can. Orange and black fill the streets as Halloween's official color scheme and Freeform plays Halloween movies all night long. So what's everyone at NU up to? I asked Northwestern students throughout campus about their plans, costumes, and favorite Halloween memories. Person on the street style. Are you dressing up this weekend? I am. What are you being? Um, so I'm participating in two group costumes, one of which requires me to wear a football jersey where half of us are wearing football jerseys and the other half are referees. And I think the other one, I will be wearing a jumpsuit. Okay, I have four costumes. So I'm gonna be Ted Lasso. I'm gonna do Kiss, Mary Kill with a few friends. I'm going to be fantasy football, which is like a jersey and you just wear fairy wings, and then I think I'm just gonna throw together like a princess thing yeah. last minute, yeah. I'm going to be a vampire pirate. Our first costume is Statue of Liberty and New York City tourist. I'm a tourist. Yes, I'm I have Statue a camera, of Liberty. I have a little knapsack. I love New York shirt, yeah. So she's a statue, I'm taking pictures of her. That's yes. the idea. Yeah. And then we're being um, Wally and Eve from Wally the movie. Group costumes seem to be taking Northwestern by storm this year. Between Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, Ken and Barbie, and Spider-Man and Gwen Stacy, duos and groups have ruled our screens. It's no surprise they will be taking over the Halloween scene this weekend as well.
I think a lot of people are doing group costumes, even if it's a smaller group of like three or four people. Both of my costumes, I think, are somewhere between eight and ten people. Um, but it's mostly, from what I've talked to, been people doing group costumes. Where are Northwestern students wearing these group costumes? Well, that depends on who you ask. Luckily, I've already asked for you. I'm definitely going to go out Thursday night and likely to go out Friday and Saturday night as well. That's a great question. I think we're definitely going to go to Frats, maybe downtown Chicago, and I also want to go trick-or-treating on Tuesday. I think that'd be cute. I'm going to the swim party, I think. I think Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Going to the swim house party um, on Saturday. Maybe something on Friday. Not sure what that is going to be yet. Maybe something on, well, maybe something on Sunday. Now that we know a little bit about what Northwestern will be like this weekend, how are students feeling about it? First, I asked the freshmen, who are experiencing their first ever college Halloween, Northwestern style. So first Halloween at Northwestern, what are you expecting? I've always, I mean, Halloween has always been very hyped up, like wherever you are, like even in high school, and I've always been a little underwhelmed, so I'm kind of managing my expectations, but I'm still expecting there to be some good parties, some good events, um, people to be in holiday spirit, especially because midterm season will be past this weekend. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'm excited. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know how hard everyone's gonna go. I feel like at Northwestern, it's very like work hard, play hard, but at the same time, everything is dead on Sunday because everyone's in mud or some library is studying. So I don't know how, like, I don't know. I just, I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> Now, let's hear from some upperclassmen who have experienced these fright nights at NU before. I'm expecting it to be pretty fun. Um, maybe a bit more chill than last year for me, but we'll see. Um, definitely fun. Fun, party all night, just kidding. Yeah. Dance all night is what I <laughs> um, um, I think there's like a pretty good, large-ish group of people coming with us to Swimhouse, so that's gonna be fun. Um, yeah. I think also like seeing a lot of costumes like i feel like last year maybe some people weren't really aware of the costumes that like or like a lot of people didn't really plan out but i feel like mm -hmm. this year a lot of the sophomores and like stuff are like really, really are thinking out there yeah so where will you be this weekend and who for wnur news i'm jessica watts moving on to arts and entertainment Taylor Swift had her sixth concert for the Eras Tour after five years have passed since her last one. The Eras Tour is her most expansive tour to date with 146 dates across five continents. The tour began March 17, 2023 in Glendale, Arizona with the show clocking in around three and a half hours. Since so much time had gone by since her Reputation Stadium tour, Swifties were eager to try to get their hands on tickets. But the demand for tickets greatly outweighed the amount of available seats. Her new sophomore, Julia Morin, knew it would be hard to secure tickets, but that still didn't deter her. One of my friends uh, had a pre-sale code and her dad had a Capital One card, so she had like both the pre-sales, but she still wasn't able to get tickets for us. And I didn't want to do the whole like sitting outside of the stadium thing because that just seemed like so much work. But Medill software Amanda Oliver was willing to put in the work to secure her tickets. When I went home, I was trying for Philadelphia and I was trying for Pittsburgh. And then my mom was like, okay, let's just drive to Pittsburgh without having tickets 
just to see you. And so I'm in the car, like, refreshing Ticketmaster, trying to see, like, if I'm going to drop five tickets here, ten tickets here, like, if there's possibly, like, a way that I can get tickets. Um, and so we managed to get tickets that way. With all that effort, luckily, Oliver felt the concert was worth it. I think I cried, like, three different times. But I was just truly in awe and really proud of her and everything that she's been able to do so far. Her sentiment was also shared by another Swift enthusiast, Molly McGee, who has previously seen Taylor Swift in concert over 10 times. There's no breaks. She never sweats. Like, she is just fully born to do this. And I even over the past couple years, she has improved, like, immensely in just performing in general. These accounts of the concert made it a no-brainer as to why the concert was in such a huge demand, so much so that the resale prices were insane. Former WNUR News co-director Sarah Cadora shared her experience in the Eras Tour resale market. So I look at Ticketmaster for how much they're reselling for. My eyes are like, oh my god. I resold these tickets for $800 a piece. I paid $100 for them. So that was a good day. That was a payday, let me tell you. Fedora's story is not an anomaly, hence why the pop star is expected to make billions from this tour. According to a report by the Washington Post based on estimates from Peter Cohen, an associate professor of management at Babson College, Swift is supposed to make about $4.1 billion. Assuming she keeps the standard share of 85% of the tourist revenue, with ticket prices averaging about $456. Despite being such an incredibly popular tour, many people unfortunately could not attend. But for 20 bucks, those who couldn't experience the concert in real time can get the experience through Taylor Swift's The Eras Tour movie. The movie was very well done. They did a pretty good job at capturing everything. The angles were super good. They had really interesting camera shots. It's like the people who were in the theater with us were like, got it and they created an atmosphere that was similar to the one at the concert so it was cool however some people are skeptical about whether the movie can actually be a viable alternative to seeing the show in real life it's so hard to like capture the energy of a concert on film you know just having that like all those people around you and kind of that whole audience human connection aspect of it it's really hard to like replicate with a movie whether someone decides to go see the movie or not, the amount of success it has garnered is undeniable. The movie is certified rotten with a Rotten Tomato score of 99% with 68 reviews and an audience score of 98% with over 2,500 views. The movie premiered in theaters on October 13, 2023, and as of October 2022 has garnered an estimated $129.8 million at the domestic box office. Although the movie's theatrical release is scheduled to end November 5th, the Eras movie is on track to top the $262.5 million international haul of Michael Jackson's 2009 Michael Jackson, This Is It. This is a testament to Swiss success in the industry. She's done a great job throughout her career knowing her fan base. She was aware that her fan base was mostly young girls. So she catered to that. And it was something that like young, preteen, early teen girls could relate to. She knows that her fan base is getting older and she is able to create music that is more mature. And it's like she's growing along with her fan base. Weinberg sophomore Vivian Chen also gave her thoughts on why she believes Swift has been able to be so successful. I think she just has really good music and her lyrics, usually they tell stories which I think is really interesting to listen to. Taylor Swift has been in the industry for over a decade and has continued to break records and set new ones. When asking her fans why they think she has been able to stay so popular for so long, relatability was a big part. 
I love her song, Mirrorball. Off Folklore, because I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, finally, the way I view myself is being put into words and like someone else gets it. I just was able to relate to her lyrics and to her messages behind her songs. A lot of her songs are about relationships that I've never been in. The feelings and the messages are there and the passion is there. And it just felt like something that I could sing along to in my room, in my pajamas. And it was just fun for all of us. For WNUR News, I'm Cara Totley. Thanksgiving hasn't come around yet, and neither has Halloween, but some people are already figuring out what gifts to buy for the holiday season. Michaela Dix is a co-manager of the nonprofit store 10,000 Villages. Recently, she's noticed some changes in shopping patterns. We typically see a lot of our sales coming through in November and December, December being the strongest month. Last year, I would say we saw a little bit of a different trend where we had a lot more holiday shopping that was happening in October. And I feel like we were seeing a little bit of some of the echoes of people worrying about supply and demand from previous years. Construction near Dix's store may be contributing to slightly lower sales this October, but sales numbers still looked promising. We're still bouncing back from our pre-COVID sales numbers a little bit, but it's been picking back up and stronger. For some shoppers, like retired teacher Elizabeth Chambers, the holiday gift search is a year-round process. I'm a firm believer in never paying full price for anything, especially a gift for someone else or a present for myself. So I start shopping as soon as Christmas is over, like December 26th. I'm already in the stores looking for markdowns. Carnegie Mellon senior Sam Rauch began shopping ahead after one particularly memorable experience. It was in the Russell Stover chocolate outlet shop with my family. We were on vacation. My mom loves chocolate and we were looking around the shop and they had these umbrellas that had like a chocolate pattern on them. And my dad was like, you know, that'd be perfect for her birthday, but it's not for another month. So, and then we did this whole mission impossible scenario to hide the umbrella in the car so she wouldn't see it. But it occurred to me that I could just get things ahead of time. You know, when you're out and about and you see something. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, I can I can be Mission Impossible. I can like start doing this myself. In a 2023 forecast, the International Council of Shopping Centers found that the vast majority of consumers plan to start their holiday shopping earlier than normal. Many businesses, including Dix's, have adjusted accordingly. We really try to start stocking pretty heavily for just extra inventory and our holiday items around September, October. And we've really started trying to put out at least some of our holiday a little more in the back of the store beginning of October for people that do want to shop early. Many businesses have also expanded beyond shopping holidays like Black Friday and Cyber Monday, offering more deals throughout the year. Walmart, Target, Amazon, and other major retailers held some of these sales earlier in October. But Chambers doesn't limit herself to these sales. I've been to Amazon, Timu, all of those online shops, but I really do love steel brick and mortar stores. So I've been to the mall that's closest to me, which is River Oaks Mall, but I also shop at Ford City Mall, Orland Park, Chicago Ridge. So there's no store that I'm allergic to. Not everyone plans this far in advance. 
Weinberg freshman Madeline Conter is one person who doesn't rush into her holiday shopping. Generally, I don't really start until after school ends, only because with finals and everything, generally I'm kind of stressed, like in the Thanksgiving to end of school bracket of time. But for people like Chambers, shopping year-round does have its benefits. I think the key is to go often. Because if you try to do it just all at one day, you know, it's exhausting and you really don't get the best deals because you're just tired and you just want something. So the key is to go early, go often, and then you have the best deals, you have the best gifts that are appropriate for the person and they won't want to take it back or re-gift it. For WNUR News, I'm Edward Simon Cruz. Wildcats are taking a page out of DJ Khaled's book. All they do is win. The team blanked number 16 Penn State on Thursday evening in their 14th straight win, which tied a program record. The shutout also marked the sixth consecutive game that the Wildcats' opponent failed to tally a point on the scoreboard. That mark also tied a school record and helped goalie Annabelle Skubish win Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. On offense, senior Lauren Wattis chipped in both goals, marking the fourth straight game she scored. On Sunday against Rutgers, Northwestern clinched a share of the Big Ten title for the first time since 2013. The Wildcats came from behind in a dramatic 2-1 shootout victory thanks to a game-winning goal from Captain Peyton Halsey. The goal for Rutgers was just the eighth Scoobeach has allowed all season, and Northwestern's 0.5 goals allowed per game leads the nation. The Wildcats will be able to clinch the outright Big Ten title and continue the longest winning streak in team history when they take on Maryland at home this Thursday. In football, David Braun's team dropped to 3-4 after a tough 17-9 loss to Nebraska on the road on Saturday. The Wildcats struggled offensively all day, converting just three of their 15 third downs. Northwestern had to punt seven times, and did not reach the end zone for the first time all year. Backup Brendan Sullivan got the start at quarterback thanks to an injury to Ben Bryant, but only completed 12 passes over the course of the game. While Northwestern did win the turnover battle, they were unable to make the most of those turnovers and put points on the scoreboard. The defense looked very good, but the offense was simply unable to pick up the slack when it mattered. Northwestern will look to get back on track when the Wildcats host Maryland this Saturday, October 28th. And finally, in swimming, both Northwestern swim teams had undefeated weekends in the Norris Aquatic Center. The women's team defeated both Southern Illinois and Miami of Ohio, scoring over 180 points in both events. Lindsay Irvin won two events, the 50 free and the 100 free, qualifying for the NCAA tournament along the way. Ayla Spitz also qualified for the NCAA tournament thanks to her victories in the 500 free and the 200 free. The team as a whole also found success, winning the 400 free relay in both the 1-meter and 3-meter diving events. As for the men, they moved to 3-0 on the year with a dominant 207-89 win over Southern Illinois. Andrew Martin and Tana Huck Zinn both won two events, with Martin taking the 200 and 500 free and Zinn winning the fly and individual medley in the 200 section. Northwestern also won the 400 free relay and dominated diving, placing three divers in the top three in both the 1-meter and 3-meter competitions. 
that wraps up your NU Sports Report for the week. For more information about upcoming games, as well as how you can watch the Wildcats live, visit www.nusports.com. I'm Brendan Preisman, WNUR News. Follow us on Twitter or at, at 